We're going to continue week three of our series on joy. And uh, so we're going to begin in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. And then we're going to go back to uh, James chapter 1 and uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, let's begin with uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Uh, I think you could almost translate it, while we don't fix our gaze on things that are temporary, things that are seen, but we fix our gaze on things that are eternal, uh, things that are not seen. Eternal things are not seen. The unseen things, the unseen world. Of course, uh, first and foremost, we fix our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. The very definition of faith, essence of faith, is you're turning away from natural things and you're turning to Christ. You're turning away from natural knowledge and understanding and you're turning to the knowledge and understanding that God gives us through the revelation of His Son, Jesus Christ. And so you're turning away from the supply, the wisdom of the world. You're turning away from worry. You're turning away from anxiety. You're turning away from stress. And you're turning to Jesus. That's why some people get confused. Like you must, you must uh, confess and repent to be born again. And people will like cause great divisions in the body of Christ. If you just act in faith, which by its essence and definition means you are turning away from something because you are turning to something. If you try, you don't want to crucify Jesus afresh. So if you try to hold on to the world and hold on to Christ, uh, you're going to be in that shape like you're on the cross. Because uh, you're being pulled two directions. In some countries, like over in India, Melody went there after she graduated from high school about three years ago. And um, 23 years, I don't know how long ago. <laughs> uh, you know, they have many gods. And so they like, oh, sure, I'll add Jesus to my gods. No, this is not a, like a smorgasbord and you take this and take that and get this and get that, get everything you want. No, uh, faith in God is turning to Jesus Christ with your whole self, that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And in order to do that, uh, you're saying nothing else is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Even me. And I say even me. You say even me. Say even me. Even me. Right. I want you to get confused. I'm not talking about myself. But to myself, I say even me. So you yourself, you say even you. Uh, that you're not Lord. You know, it's easy to slip into lordship position. You could do what you want. You have the ability to make your own decisions. You have the ability, an act of your will, to decide, uh, I'm going to follow Jesus or I'm not going to follow Jesus. God never takes that away from you. He's not a demon. He doesn't force you. He doesn't control you. He lovingly and powerfully invites you and makes it possible and gives you every opportunity not only to be born again, but to have His best. His will and His desire for every person on this earth is that they come into the family of God at a young age and that they are born again, brand new life, that they walk in health every day of their life. 
the will of God is healing in your body if you have sickness and if you don't or disease or, or, or any kind of infirmity or if you don't his will is that you walk in what the Bible describes as the God kind of health or divine health now you go from one glory to another glory Amen. his will is that you have full provision that you give into every good work well if you take the seed he gives you you will because he gives seed to the sower and so God is a good God and he does good things and he said you know if we back up uh, to verse 15 for all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace the abundant grace the more than enough grace through the thanksgiving of many redoubled to the glory of God for which cause we faint not but though our outward man perish yet the inward man is renewed day by day whoa I notice the more conscious I am of the inward man the less conscious I am of the outward man I notice the more my inward man feeds upon the Word of God like food for my body if I let the words of God be food for my spirit and then I pray in other tongues pray in the Holy Spirit and I just stay connected with God you know I get the Holy Spirit will make you so conscious of God it, it, he'll make the things of God so real actually he'll make them more real than the temporary the things that you can see and touch and feel and smell you yield yourself to the God's spirit you're yielding yourself to God and you begin to see and know things and those things will become more real to you than the natural things around you some people are so natural thing conscious well, I would never move there for a job because I don't like the weather no matter if God's leading you or not because the weather is bad there or the culture what about the culture you know <laughs> You know how many people of the opposing political party are concentrated in that area? I would never go there. Well, don't leave God out of your equation. He'll give you wells of water in the middle of the desert. You'll be so refreshed but you just keep looking at the natural focusing on the natural well you know they say this and they say that and the this is what's coming and you know because of like uh, all the COVID shutdown and now business is coming back and you you know what it's gonna be like and you know and you find yourself you start preparing for lack well you can be so prospering whether there's inflation or deflation or impression or depression or whatever you want to call the stuff God will provide for you you be led by the Spirit of God the Lord may lead you he may say stock up don't spend so much there's a time of lack that's coming if you listen to me you'll be prepared don't ever let fear drive you 
You just yield yourself to the Lord. You always be in the right place at the right time, full provision. The Lord makes a way in the wilderness. Streams of water in the desert. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. Well, you do that with not natural eyes. You do it with the eye of faith. You do it with the eyes of faith. Well, how do you, yeah, how do, you do it? Well, I'll tell you how you do that. Are you born again? Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? was buried and God raised him from the dead on the third day that you could be right with God? You believe he sits right now at the right hand of God, the right hand of the Father? How do you look at things not seen? With your believer, with your spirit. When you are born again, you are born a brand new life. You're born in Christ Jesus. That's your launch pad into all the things of God. That's your connection to God. In fact, you look in the, the um, epistles, you find there's like 134 scriptures that say something to the effect of in Christ, in whom, by whom, through him. You know, that really means you could look in many translations, it'll say, it's literally saying, united with Christ. You're in union with him. Your new life is one with God through Jesus Christ. Any man that's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You become one spirit with him. Now, I don't know about you ladies, because I'm not a lady. And I couldn't become a lady if I wanted to become a lady. I can't just will that I'm a lady. I don't want to will that I'm a lady. My grandfather did tell me when I was like six or seven years old, he's like, uh, you know, if you could ever kiss your elbow, you'd turn into a girl. Man, I tried for years. To, I didn't want to be a girl, but I still wanted to see what it really happened. So I tried for years to kiss my elbow. And I'm like, you feel like you get, you stick your tongue out? You get so close. My grandfather, he must have just rolled, had such a good time with me doing that. Now, God made man male and female. And no matter what crazy ideas the, the, the world or Satan, you know, tries to come up with and tries to implant, uh, you will never be satisfied in life trying to be something other than what God has created you to be. Uh, to that kind of extreme, or even just, hey, you know, here's what I want to do with my life. I, I want to do this. I want to make lots of money, and this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, all the while you got something on the inside from the Lord pulling you a certain direction. Uh, you're going to have a tough life. But man, you live by faith. You're going to have a life full of adventure and full of joy. Full of joy. While we look not at the things that are seen, things that are not seen. So the first way you look at things that are not seen is you're actually looking with the eye of faith, and so you're looking to Jesus. So you believe that you're born again. 
that same place that you look there is the same place you look to any other unseen thing. When I was, uh, I was born again at, at about four or five years old, but I wasn't filled with the Spirit, didn't even know that was available. And so at about 21, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, December 30th, 1997, at like 11.30 at night, something like that, between 11 and midnight. And uh, I was with some friends, and uh, his mom said to me, would you like to be filled with the Spirit? Well, I didn't know a lot about being filled with the Spirit. I knew it was in the Bible, and I was attending a Southern Baptist church, and it's interesting, uh, you, you attend a, a church that doesn't believe in certain things like maybe healing, uh, maybe speaking in tongues, being filled with the Spirit, or they think being filled with the Spirit is something else. And if you ask ignorant people, that doesn't mean that they're bad. Just using the word ignorant because there's not a better word. People that don't know, that's a better way to say it. If you ask people that don't know and haven't experienced about an experience that other people have had, you get the most interesting responses. I had a friend that he said, uh, he said, yeah, somebody, he's in that church there, and he said, yeah, he's like, somebody asked, said, uh, you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you want to speak in tongues, just start saying the vowels, ah, ah, bad, bad, dad, dad, you know, what did I do, A, B, caca, you know, make, make the noises, that's more vowels, consonants, every letter, right, and he's like, it didn't work for me, and, uh, uh, fortunately, I was not with anybody that really said it was of the devil, so I didn't have that to overcome. But so I got these thoughts and these, you know, friends, and they're saying these things, so I go to the Word. And uh, I see in the Word, like, it says, don't forbid to speak with tongues, you know, and uh, he that speaks an unknown tongue edifies himself. For some reason, that particular scripture really stuck with me. And so I'm sitting there almost at midnight on December 30th, and uh, she says, would you like to be, so all of a sudden, like, because my friend, he, uh, they just, his mom prayed for him and his wife, so they were just filled with the Spirit, and now it's my turn. I feel like, man, the pressure's on. <laughs> but they weren't pressuring me, but I felt like the pressure's on. You got to perform, right? That's the natural thinking, looking at natural. Well, so I looked to my Spirit, and I didn't even know how to look to my Spirit. I was just so like, ah, I got to get out of this situation. <laughs> Lord, help! Right? So I'm looking to the Lord. You know what? On the inside, I had something on the inside, and before my mind got involved and processed it, I spoke it out, which is not typical for my personality. So I just said, she said, would you like me to pray for you? And I said, I don't know. I just feel like I'm in church and I need to go to the altar. But if you've been in a Southern Baptist church, I mean, they know how to go to the altar. Talk about salvation, people being born again, and they, they, they stand on the Word. Uh, at least they did when I was there. I don't know, churches change sometimes, but um, they just certain sections that they just kind of skip over. And, um, and so as soon as I heard those words come out of my mouth, I immediately said, I said, I don't know, I feel like I'm in church, I need to go to the altar. I said, oh, okay, yes, pray for me. Well, I didn't know it at the time, but... I knew the Holy Spirit because I was born again by the Holy Spirit. He had recreated me and he come to live inside of me. But I didn't have him in fullness. But I knew him. I knew his voice, if you want to call it that, but it was more like a knowing. And so because I had that knowing, 
So then, therefore, I yielded to him and launched into the deeper things of God. So I'm talking about looking at things unseen. Looking at things unseen. So sometimes your thoughts, because while they're asking me, I can remember that good friend of mine that said the, a, the alphabet. He tried to do the alphabet, and I, I could think of all these other people, and you know the wild, crazy things that I was aware of or had seen, and you know all these thoughts are bombarding my mind. But I looked at things unseen, and I actually spoke from that place and heard myself say things from things unseen, words from uh, from the realm unseen. Right? And as soon as I heard those words, you, you know, your confession is so powerful. Because as soon as those words came out of my mouth, I had zero hesitation. I had zero hold back. I'm like, oh, yes. Why? I spoke words from heaven. So remember last week we talked about that. We talked about in James chapter 3 where he's, he's talking about, is it three or two? Where he's talking about uh, the ships and the horses. Let me, let me get over here. Yeah, uh, James chapter three. He's talking about the ships, you know, how, how do you turn a big ship with a little rudder? What happens to the ship? The ship is driven by external forces. The ship is trying to be pushed in a direction. This huge ship. It's funny, like, you think the bigger the ship, the easier it would be to get it to stay in one place. But no, it's a larger surface area. So when that wind starts to blow on that ship, it's really pushing it. But you know, you can still just have that little rudder in there. Whatever the way the guy that's steering wants that ship to go, he can go. Doesn't matter the forces of the wind. My, my, my favorite class when I was in high school was physics because my physics instructor, he was like, um, he was all into teaching. And so he went, he was at the supermarket and at the supermarket they were changing out all the cash registers, getting new ones. And so they had these, you know, the belt drives where you put your stuff on the belt and it, the conveyor belt brings it to the person that's checking it out. And he said, what are you doing with, with those old stuff? And there's like, well, we're throwing it away. He said, can I have it for the school? And they said, well, yeah. So he set it up and he got this old counter. I don't know if you remember those counters from like the 80s where they were like white speckled uh, laminate counter. Anyhow, it's probably actually from the 50s, 50s to 60s. That white speckled, a lot of dining room tables were that way. They had like the, the double tube legs. Anyhow, I can see them. Um, and so anyhow, he put that kind of laminate countertop and brought that into class and put it up here in the front. And uh, then he'd take this little... Uh, remote control ship he had that had like little wheels on the bottom of it. He could just turn it on and those wheels would spin. So he's teaching us about vectors. You know, so like the water's flowing this way, which was that black conveyor belt. It's going like this. And he puts the ship here and he says like, you want to go to the shore over there, which way do you have to point it? Right? So if you put it and you go here and the belt's going this way and you put the ship here, you're trying to go straight across you're not going to hit your mark because there's other forces hitting you, right? So if you want to hit here and the river's going this way, you have to aim over here 
and you're going to get to there, what's going to happen, your ship is going to be angled basically like this and go straight across, but you're pointing a different direction. So what I'm saying is, uh, what the Word says is your mouth is how you set your course no matter the external forces. And it might not look like to you or to other people that you're pointing your, your life in the right direction because everybody else is doing this. But you'll find out I got my life pointed to Jesus and I'm going straight across the river. I'm going straight across the river, right? And then we learned about the horse. That's your flesh. That horse, if you've ever ridden a horse, that horse only wants to do what that horse wants to do. You get an inexperienced rider, even on a trained horse, and they're going to like, let it eat and let it do this. It's going to go here, go there. My daughter and I, a few years ago, probably five years ago now, for her birthday, we went trail riding because she really wanted to ride horses, and she's since ridden a lot. We got very blessed with her taking a bunch of lessons. And so, anyhow, we go, and uh, the guide was training a horse he was on. My horse was trained, and Evie's horse was trained, and we go by this pond, and this fish jumps, it's probably like 24-inch fish, just jumps out of the water. Well, the guide's horse was being trained. So he had more bit. He pulled back harder because that horse was like, Phew! he was going to go. Well, my horse had been trained, but he still reacted. So my horse, I'm riding a horse here, you know, all of a sudden my horse drops about a foot and a half, Phew! like this, and stops. <laughs> and Evie's horse was just normal. We have this on video somehow. I don't remember. We were videoing it, and so uh, it, it was pretty funny. But the horses, uh, they want to react and do what they want to do. So, you know, you're like, you take them, and they'll take them and train them, and so they'll, like, make loud noises, and they'll basically teach them how to respond and what to do. But even, even with that, the horse just wants to do what it wants to do. You ever gone on a hot day and tried to get the horse to want to go ride? The horse does not want to go ride. You kind of like, did you ever try to lose a little bit of weight? You try to get the horse not to eat the sweet food? Well, I'm talking about food or something, you know, like that. And if that's a big struggle for you, I was trying to pick something that's not. But maybe, you know, it could be a challenge. But there's lots of things that your flesh wants to do. There's lots of things. Your flesh is self-centered and selfish and self-focused. Me, 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 me. You want know, you know, you to walk in love? Just... Actually, from your heart, be more interested in other people than yourself. Ask them what their plans are, what they're doing. Oh, it's real easy to talk to people. They'll tell you. And if I ask you that or somebody else asks you that, don't, you don't have to not say, you know? People will be like, I'm not going to say anything. No, that's great. There should be like a sharing back and forth. But the point is, it's super easy to talk about yourself, what's going on in your life. But you put a bit there. Sometimes you don't want a bit in your mouth, all that metal in your mouth. 
holding you back. Well, he said, this man, this woman, this person who has learned to put their tongue in line is a perfect man. In other words, a mature human being able to bridle the whole body. Well, if you got problems with your flesh, you really don't have problems with your flesh, you have problems with your mouth. Maybe you're saying the wrong thing, and do you know what's a wrong thing to say? One of the wrong things to say is nothing. We can, we can pick out some pretty graphic wrong things to say, but you know, if you're silent, you lose. Faith is believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. It's like being on the ship or on the horse, and you don't put the rudder in the water, you don't put the bit in the mouth, and you wonder, why is this thing going crazy? You look in the mirror and you're like, why? Why is this thing going crazy? Well, that's the normal confession. Why? How about confess what Paul said, I keep my body under. I bring it into subjection. You know, I like to jog, and so when I'm jogging, uh, if I ever get out of shape, um, you know, it's been too long where I haven't jogged uh, frequently, and uh, then uh, sometimes it's quite painful. <laughs> That's not the right word because it's not like I'm hurt, but it's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. Especially, I don't like to jog in really hot weather. So, um, I like, I'd rather jog in the snow than in 85 degrees, you know. And um, so, it, it can be difficult. So, I'm jogging, and when my body is getting really loud, like, stop, just stop. Why are you doing this? This is not worth it. What's the point of this? Nobody your age is doing this. You try to get... Guys from your church to jog with you. They don't do it. They get up at five in the morning, like three weeks in a row. Woohoo! And then they stop. Why are you doing this? Everybody else is sleeping. And then I just, I literally, I say the word. I say, I keep my body under. I bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. The Lord is the strength of my life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have the strength of the Lord. If my knees bother me or anything like that, I say, I command you to work in the name of Jesus. Normally within like 10 to 20 paces, everything's good. I keep going. Well, that'll, that'll, that'll bleed over into other parts of your life. Bodily exercise does profit a little. And it's good to have a healthy body. I remember one of the things Kenneth Hagin said before he passed away, if he could do something different, he said, I would exercise more. I didn't mean for that to be so quiet. But. <laughs> Let's all just go to the gym right now. You know? Let's have a running service. We are in the services last week with Pastor Mark out in Front Royal, and uh, there's some running going on. Uh, you know in the spirit and I'm sure some in the flesh too and so afterwards my, my kids are running around the auditorium and I said don't run in church 
and I was waiting for him to come and say, but we were just running in the service. <laughs> but I did have the thought, like, this could be confusing. <laughs> While we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. How are you going to how you going to live by faith? Well, you're going to get your mouth in line with what God has said, in line with the word. James chapter 1 verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Count it all joy. It doesn't say it is joy. It says count it joy. Count it joy. Count it all joy. I think one translation says, count it maximum joy. Maximum joy. How can you count it maximum joy when you fall into all these tests and trials? Does this remind you? This reminds me of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, about the Macedonian believers, how a great trial of affliction, <laughs> abundance of their joy, deep poverty, uh, just welled up and they become super generous. He said, I don't want you ignorant how the grace of God was bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. It sounds a lot like this. My brother, encounter all joy when you face trials of many kinds or count it maximum joy. Why? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Patience is the Greek word hupomone. It means endurance. It's that, it's that inward strength that turns into the storm instead of away from the storm. It's the inward strength that allows you to rise up instead of cowering over and get into a fetal position. It, it, it's like connected to the spirit of faith. That David didn't cower at the giant, but he ran with his mouth wide open at the giant. There is joy in believing. How can you know if you are believing or not? There is joy in believing. There's joy in believing. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all peace and joy in believing. 1 Peter 1, 8. Whom having not seen, right? We're looking at things not seen. Jesus. I've never seen him, but I believe. Oh, man. What's it going to be like when you see him? Because you already know him. Just think of like somebody that you know that's a very godly character and full of joy. And they're just great to be around. When you see them, are you like, oh, I'm, I, I just want to see their flesh? Well, you want to see the person in the flesh, but you're really after the actual person. Imagine what it will be like when we see Jesus. He's been talking to you all along. You know him. His inward man is inside of you, united to your inward man. You know him better than you realize. If you at all yield to the Holy Spirit, he's called the Spirit of Christ. 
Corinthians says, what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man that's in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God that's in him. The most secret, special, intimate part of God himself he has put inside of us and not just inside of us like there's my spirit and God's spirit, but he has united us. We have become one spirit with him. If you're united with him, then what flows in him flows in you. You ever seen someone uh, get the Congressional Medal of Honor? You ever hear some of the stories of the people who have received the Congressional Medal of Honor? You think like valor in the face of defeat. That they risk life and limb for the good of the cause, for the good of the other people. That they gave up themselves. You think, what made a person do that? Many of those people were born again. Some of them surely weren't. Imagine the character qualities of Jesus Christ that are on the inside of you. That's hoopamone. That you'll risk life and limb. You'll go out and you'll stand. Well, you got the nature of God on the inside of you. It's not a love that the world can ever give you. It's not a peace that the world could ever give you. It's not a joy that the world could ever give you. It is from the God of heaven who is our Father. Well, we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. If, if those people that won that medal, if they looked at the things that are seen and just went by that, that's why we look at what they did and we're like, whoa. I don't know about you, but my first question is, I really hope I would have done that. Uh, we, we can look at it from outside, no pressure. Oh, yeah, I'd have done that. Let's put you in the hole. Well, if you yield to the Spirit of God, you'll do all kind of stuff like that. Whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Yet believing you rejoice. Yet believing you rejoice. Yet looking away from all other natural anxiety and worry and fear and ability and grabbing hold of Jesus with everything you have on the inside, you rejoice. Why? In other words, uh, this, this storm that's beating on me is really strong. Look at that storm. Look at how big the waves are. Well, you'd be walking on the water when you look at Jesus. But you start to sink when you start to look at the wind and the waves. Get your eyes back on Jesus. He's not mad at you when you look away. What does he do? He reaches out his arm and says, here, let me help you. And then you walk on the water again, hand in hand with your Lord. 
Wow. 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 Teal Osmer said that's short for hallelujah. Wow. Wow. Peter said, if that's you, tell me to come out on the water. <laughs> Jesus just said one word, come. Peter really didn't walk on the water. He walked on the word come. He didn't just walk on the word come. He walked on the life that came out of the mouth of Jesus Christ in the form of the word come. He walked out on the dominion that came out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ in the form and manifestation of the word come. And he looked at Jesus and he began to walk towards Jesus on the word that Jesus had spoke. When he began to sink, he spoke to the Lord and looked to the Lord. And Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed him and pulled him up. And then he was on the water. You know what it's like to try to live for Christ? without a close union with him? That you're looking from afar? That you, you see these things, you know they're possible, you start to do it, but you start to sink? God said, I don't want you to live that way. That's why I'm going to put my spirit on the inside of you so you can be no closer to me than to become one with me. Hallelujah. There is joy in believing. So the, so the challenges, the thoughts, the experiences, the unexpected things that come, these tests and trials. James said, when those things come, don't let anyone say this came from God. You can read it when I have time right now, but you just read the first few verses, you'll find it. Because God cannot be tempted, therefore he does not tempt. So this is of the devil these tests, these trials. But he said, count it all joy. Why? You know what happens when these things come against you? This tests your faith. What's testing of faith? It's like testing of gold. Like you find some gold digging in your backyard. I don't know about you, but we live in Virginia, and so there's still some hidden gold in Virginia. It was one of the first gold rushes in Virginia. So I'll go to find some gold. I'm going to try to like heat it up. I want to heat it myself in a crucible. Get all the impurities out of it. See what's left. Well, this is what he's saying in James chapter 1 about faith. The tests and trials, they prove your faith like that. What? That you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. It'll create a depth of the strength of a hold to God on the inside of any believer that you will not be moved no matter what storm comes, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, that you count it joy like this is great because this is good for me. And not only that, I get to see God show up. 
because there's no way this is going to change except God. But God. Wherefore, sirs and ladies, I believe God. Right? There is such joy in believing. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Well, I think we said last week, Psalm 126, verse 1. When the Lord turned the captivity, we were like them that dreamed. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. And then the unbelievers said, man, the Lord has done good things for them. And they said, yeah, you're right. He's done good things for us. That's why we're glad. <laughs> right? That's why we're glad. If you, if you ever lose joy in believing, you're not believing. Don't mean you don't have tough times. Don't mean you're not shocked. But you get the unexpected. You know, as soon as you turn to God, you look and he's like pulling his hair out. What are we going to do? You came up with a brand new thing. It's never happened before. We got to send Jesus back again. We didn't prepare for this. We are so unprepared. No. You look to God and there is such stability. Such, uh, such, I don't know the word. Kisamala. <laughs> such depth of strength and vitality and overcoming power like in abundance you look I've never looked to the Lord and he was worried did I mess my hair up uh, if it was Jeremy it'd be really messed up uh, uh, I've never looked to the Lord and he was like I don't know what you're going to do you're going to have to go find someone else. <laughs> I've looked to the Lord and I thought, this is very serious, and he's kind of laughing. <laughs> I've told the Lord how difficult the situation is, and he just kind of smiles and looks. So I tried to say it from a different angle, like maybe he doesn't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I don't think you heard what I said. You said you hear me when I pray, but let me say it a way that you can understand it, because maybe you don't understand it, right? Isn't it funny how we go through the motions? <laughs> yeah, we know he knows. We're just trying to get out from underneath that. A lot of times it's because we've been carrying that thing when really he should be carrying it. And we're trying to tell the Lord how to do his job. Yet believing, we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Count it all joy when you fall into all kinds of trials and tests because you know that the testing of your faith works patience. But let patience or endurance, that word endurance, patience, that does not mean like, I had somebody say to me one time, I don't like that word endurance. I don't either. <laughs> Some people have a picture of endurance, which means you're going to go through hell and you're going to endure it and you're going to barely make it out. The whole time you're going to be like, no, this is not, that's not what endurance is. Endurance is a... Um, a victorious conquering in the midst 
of defeat all around. It's like Psalm 23. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Don't mean the enemies aren't there, but you're feasting at the table of the Lord. It's, it's not that the storm comes and you are totally destroyed or defeated or overcome by that storm. It's that storm comes and you rise above. It's that storm comes and you turn and you look it dead in the eyes and you say, I'm standing on the word. I am going forward. No matter how much pressure you bring for me to go backwards, I'm going forward. I'm pointing towards Jesus, so I'm going to the other side. I remember, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll end with this story. It's kind of interesting. Uh, a friend of mine, we flew, we were blessed to fly a few times with Dad Hagen, and, uh, but a friend of mine had flown some additional times. He's with them, and um, they're in a jet, flying to or from a meeting, and uh, one of the engines quit. So everybody on the team that's in the plane, Start praying. They're like, Dad, calling him Dad Hagen. Dad, aren't you going to pray? He said, No. Because they're all of a sudden, because the, the pilots had to drop from like 30 some thousand feet quick descent because they're trying to get, uh, find an airport, get where they can get all this type of stuff. He said, No. When we get on the plane, I said, We're going over to such and such a city. That's what I said. That's what we're doing. No worry no fear, no nothing. And they were fine. Still in the storm, the difficulty, the problem. But you have dominion through Jesus Christ because he took dominion over every natural force on the earth. He took dominion over every demonic force on the earth. He is the creator of all things. And when you live in him, you live in his victory and in his... When you say in the name of Jesus, it's like, I don't know, the closest thing is probably like the power of attorney. Maybe your parents passed away, you got the power of attorney of their estate. Maybe they're going out of the country for a while, you got the power of attorney. You can sign a check, and it's the same thing as them signing the check. But when you say in the name of Jesus, you're saying, this is the will of Jesus. If he were present, he would do this himself. But he doesn't have uh, hands and feet in the earth except for my hands and feet in the earth or your hands and feet in the earth. So I'm going to follow what his spirit on the inside of me says to do, and I'm going to sign the check with my mouth. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Amen. Stand with me if you would. We get to live by faith. It is like a faith adventure because uh, you don't always know what's around the corner. But you know what to do when trouble comes. Same thing you've been doing. Your, your lifestyle of faith, lifestyle of laying hold of Jesus Christ, the things of God. What do you do? You speak. You, saw, you find yourself speaking uh, the wrong thing. What are we going to do now? Well, what do they do in Acts chapter 4? 
They're just doing the work of God. They got thrown in jail. They got whipped. They got beaten. They said, don't do this anymore. You can't, you can't speak in this name anymore. We thought we got rid of him. You're kind of bringing his power back by saying his name. So don't do it anymore. Right? They said, they said, Lord, you are God. They didn't say, Lord, look what these people are doing. This is horrible. They, 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 they did talk about that a second later. But the first thing they did is they magnify God. They said, Lord, you are God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. They began to magnify God. Kind of like Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right, that you're looking to God first. You, you turn your gaze, you fix your thoughts upon the Lord. You look to the Lord. You realize he is bigger than this. Jesus already went through it so he could take the penalty for it. So he could have victory over it. Really not so he could because he already had victory. So you could have victory over it. That death would lose its sting. Hallelujah. It is good to be a believer. It won't stop every problem, but it'll give you dominion in every problem. And it'll give you joy. Yet believing, we rejoice. We jump up, spin around, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse, I think, 12 or 13, 12. Paul really talks about, you know, before that, he's like, we comforted other people with the same comfort we were comforted with, and uh, we came to an end of ourselves, but this was good because it taught us to trust in God, not ourselves, uh, you know, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. And then he said in verse 12, he's like, therefore I rejoice. I rejoice because everything that's happened to you through us, it's because of God because we were ready to give up our life. We were at the end. And then we look to Jesus. And then we turn ourselves to Jesus. So therefore I rejoice, because this is good news. He wants you free. But you don't carry the weight. There are people dying and going to hell. But that's not a weight for you to carry. Jesus himself died for every single one of them. We are to preach the gospel. We are to live by faith. We're to be available to the Lord, yield to the Lord. But you're not going to save anybody. You can't save anybody. But you can preach the gospel and Jesus can save them. Jesus can change their life. Jesus can set them free. Sometimes the thing that you really resist in your flesh is the thing that's going to gratify your spirit the most. Well, I'm uncomfortable talking to people. I am too. But you know what? Maybe don't think of it like talking to people. Think of it like loving on people. I find out when I love on people, it's the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? Like I said, people will tell you. They'll, a lot of times, open the door wide open for you. If they don't, Jesus said they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. It's the most natural life of a believer. 
Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that there is joy in believing. Thank you that we have victory over sickness, disease, depression, poverty. Father, anything the devil would bring. Thank you that we have dominion over all the forces of darkness, over the devil himself. Father, thank you that you have set us on the path of life, that you have given us strength beyond natural strength, that you have given us vision beyond natural sight, that you have given us understanding beyond natural wisdom, that you open up to us the things of your spirit, the things of yourself and your kingdom. Father, we thank you. Thank you that you're good and not evil, that you do good things, that you plan good things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, I pray for everyone right now under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you, have never come into your family yet. Father, I pray right now that you'll open their eyes. Satan, you take the blinders off of them in the name of Jesus. Father, move upon them by your spirit right now. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here in this room or you're online, or listen to this later, I want to invite you to meet a man whose name is Jesus, the best person you'll ever meet in all eternity, most unselfish person you'll ever meet, the person with the greatest authority that you'll ever meet, the greatest wealth that you'll ever meet. His name is Jesus. He died on the cross over 2,000 earth years ago, and God raised him from the dead so that all humanity could believe in him and on him and get the life of God and be totally changed. The Bible says if you believe that God raised him from the dead and you confess him as Lord with your mouth that you will be saved. You don't come to God because you do a bunch of good things or because you refuse to do a bunch of bad things. It's not through what an individual could do that you can get right with God or come into the family of God. It is through what Jesus Christ himself has already done because of his love for you, because he is a good God, not based on anything that you do except for inviting him in, that you take what he did for you and make it real in your life. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a few seconds, and when I do, I want you to pray that prayer with me from your heart. One of the best ways to find out where your heart is, speak from your spirit, is this the place where you forgive people when you're serious about it and you really mean it, that you're actually not going to hold things against them anymore? It's the real you. Uh, you have to believe with your heart. The Bible says, with the heart man believes. And with the mouth, confession's made too. So all you got to do is believe in your heart, say it with your mouth. The power of God will hit you, make you brand new. Your sins will be forgiven, wiped out, taken out of your account. You'll be just as righteous, just as holy as Jesus Christ himself. God loves you. Don't resist him. Re receive him. Open your heart to him. By praying this prayer that we're going to pray, what you're saying is, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I don't want to be calling the shots in my life anymore. I want Jesus to be my Lord. What you're saying is, I want my sins forgiven. What you're saying is, I want a fresh start. I want a new life. I'm giving myself away to God through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Say this. Say, oh God, 
I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And that you raised him from the dead so I could be right with you. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to live for you every day. I receive you. I receive your life. I receive your mercy. Thank you for forgiving me, for removing my sins from me, for making me a brand new person. Father God, thank you that you are my father, that I'm part of your family, that I am born again. In Jesus' name, amen.